Clovercrest Media Group presents a CMG podcast. Keys to the city. Keys to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know. I crossed up by Kobe. Well, floated to Shaq. And then Shaq goes like this. And the rest is history. Pay attention. Don't tell me what to do, devil woman. Speaking of those Lakers. But I, but I, hold on, hold on. But I didn't make my I didn't make my I said Denver's going to win. Yeah, you did. You said that. There's no other show like that. Clovercrest is doing great things right now. Streaming everywhere. So, Jess, why did you become a realtor? I worked in a various customer service jobs, so I wanted something a little bit more rewarding. Um, becoming a real estate agent, being able to help people find their forever homes or their investment homes, starter homes. It's very exciting, so a lot of fun. Now, you've gotten off to a really good start in your real estate career. What has been the most rewarding part of this for you so far? Helping people, especially like first time home buyers, um, finding their first home. They're so excited. Um, I'm so excited to help them. So it's a nice, rewarding part. What is it that you think makes you different than other real estate agents? I think that my various roles in customer service has helped me. So I like to ask a lot of questions and I want to know what I'm doing. So I think that helps a lot because I'm not going to steer people the wrong way. I'm going to make sure they have knowledgeable decisions um, and help them find the right home. Last thing I'm going to ask you is, and I know these are words that you live by, but the mantra at CTBB Realty is? People over paychecks, do the damn thing. And that's what we do. The Giants are running New York like the times as Danny is dropping all sorts of dimes. Saquon's thighs are ruining defenses' lives and Leonard Williams making opposing QBs feel him. Receivers think it's scary to line up across James Bradbury and the Giants have a bright future led by coach, judge, jury, and executioner. Tune in to Drawing About the G-Men every Wednesday at 6, live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Which this ain't some clown show organization or something else. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Trying About the G-Men, the Giants football podcast. Oh, I'm Big Chase, joined by Sean Scanlon and King Zay. What's going on, guys? No Joe today. He's got to work. But, uh, Zay, PTSD, bro. Uh, how are you surprised? We just, we just got the through the season. Why do we have to relive this so early? Like, <laughs> that was last week's intro, too. Why are you so surprised? I must have been late. Oh, that was heartbreaking. <laughs> oh. Good. Yeah. But uh, so now, I mean, we got meaningful football to talk about. So we'll keep the Giants. Uh, big shout out to Hector that keep your heads up. Yeah. Got. I, Maybe. Let's just hope right GM, right head coach put us back on the right path. But uh, last week we talked about what head coaches we want. But we got to milk the, the Giants as much as we can because, I mean, we got a, a little bit because we do have meaningful football to talk about. So last week we talked about who are the coaches going to be. Now we got who should the new GM go after who should they get rid of? 
what big roster moves should the new GM take uh, as soon as they they get their job to put the Giants in the right direction? Sean, what do you got? Yeah, so I, I did a little research uh, before the show with all the salaries and who's going to be a free agent, who's not going to be a free agent um, coming into this year for the Giants. So put myself uh, a little list together. Uh, for the guys that I would cut right away, and it's going to save us about $15 million. So uh, I'm cutting Sterling Shepard. Um, I know we've talked a lot about Sterling Shepard in the show. I love Sterling Shepard because he reminds me of the days when the Giants were good. He's the longest-tenured Giant. He was on the last playoff team. but um, And I love when he's on the field. Problem is, the last three seasons, he has not been on the field. Uh, he gets injured a lot. I think he's uh, he's got a good chemistry with Daniel Jones, but it, it kind of hurts when he's not on the field. So... That's a big contract for a slot receiver that doesn't give you much production. So get rid of him. That saves about four and a half million. Uh, Kyle Rudolph, it saves you about five million. He can uh, he can kick rocks. He can get out the door. Um, he gave us that one big catch against the Chargers uh, in a blowout. And other than that, he didn't do uh, really anything for us. So uh, thanks for your service, Kyle. We'll see you later. Uh, catch you. Uh, I'm calling Dexter Lawrence. Um, I know Joe loves Dexter Lawrence. Uh, I, I wish he was here for this show, but he doesn't give you pass rush from the interior. Um, he's a good run stuffer, but we already have that in Leonard Williams. Uh, we have a cheaper guy in Austin Johnson that could do that, who is also a better pass rusher than Dexter Lawrence. So for where he was picked in the middle of the first round, he just never lived up to that production. I think he's a fine starter, but I think for the money that he's making, we could definitely get an upgrade there. So he's gone. Riley Dixon. Cutting him, that saves you about $3.25 million. Uh, he was a terrible punter this year. Graham Gano did a good job with his leg, but Riley Dixon did not. And if you could save $3 million, I mean, that's a lot of money just to get rid of a punter. You could definitely find someone else to replace him uh, for cheap as a punter. So he's gone. O'Shane Zimenez, I'm cutting. That saves you about uh, a little over one mil. Never panned out as a third-round pick. Uh, we have some good young pass rushers in Ojolari, Quincy Roche, Lorenzo Carter if we bring him back. So O'Shane Zimenez. I think he's got to go. And then I'm cutting Darius Slayton. Uh, he had a great rookie year, you know, with the eight touchdowns. He had a good chemistry with Daniel Jones. Ever since then, it's been all downhill, um, dropping passes left and right, uh, giving you poor performances with only one or two catches per game. So that saves you about $1 million. So he's gone. Those are the cuts I would make. And then for the free agents coming up, I'd let Nate Solder walk. I think that's pretty self-explanatory. He might even retire at this point. Uh, Evan Ingram, another one. I mean, he has all the tools to be a great receiving tight end in this league, just never came together as a giant. So I think he has a chance with a good play uh, caller to go on to another team and uh, provide for them, but I don't see it happen in New York. Jabril Peppers, um, this one might come as a surprise, but I think we have some good young safeties, and um, obviously Xavier McKinney, uh, Julian Love stepped up this year in, in a role at safety, and then we also have Logan Ryan, the veteran. So for a guy who's not great in coverage, I think he's a great um, – He's great against the run as a safety. I think he could be more of like a linebacker, similar to a Landon Collins or Jamal Adams type, but I don't want to bring him back for a huge contract, especially when he struggles in coverage. So that'd be the big surprise. Then Will Hernandez uh, had a good rookie year, but after that, he's been terrible. Um, the only thing he does good is uh, getting guys' faces when there's a late hit or something on the quarterback. But most of the time, he's the one that gives up the sack, and then he gets in their face. So... If you didn't give up the sack because you're terrible in pass coverage, you wouldn't have to get in the guy's face and act like a big tough guy. So, Will Hernandez, I've had enough of him. He can go. And the only two free agents I would bring back from this team, it's Austin Johnson, like I mentioned. You could bring him back for cheap. He's a good run stuffer, and he gives you some pass uh, rush on third downs. 
And then Lorenzo Carter, um, I know a lot of people aren't big fans of Lorenzo Carter, but he really showed up at the end of the season this year. Uh, you can't get enough pass rushers. And, you know, he was coming off a torn Achilles from last year. I think he finally picked it up when he got healthy. So I still see something in Zoe Carter. I wouldn't bring him back for a huge contract, obviously, but I think it could help in the pass rush department. So I know that was a lot to take in, but uh, if I was general manager Sean, Sean Scanlon for the New York Giants, those are the moves I would make. And I hope it's kind of slimmer to that where, for whoever comes in, if, either if it's Joe Shane, Ryan Poles, or Adam Peters, those are the three finalists. Uh, for the general manager candidacy. And I don't think they're going to be good picks. So uh, I, I hope they take my advice, though. Yeah, I mean, I, I like I like all those moves for the most part. Zay, I mean, I, I know you agree, agree with that Shep move, but <laughs> what, what other moves would you like? Um, I kind of agree with everything general manager Sean said. Heck, Sean's just probably throw his name in the general manager candidacy, actually, the way he sounds. John Mara never asked him, so I'm here if he wants me. I was impressed. That was impressive, my friend. That was impressive. I I, I respect what you did there. But um, Thank you. It, I think, like I said, I agree with everything Sean said. For me, I think it comes down more to whoever general manager is allowing him the freedom to do these things. I think there are great things. Like I think there are quarterback targets we can go after. I think Jimmy G will be a great target to go after. I think Russell Wilson is still realistic, and I still would take a shot out in Deshaun, Wat- Deshaun um, Watson, even though everyone has their issues with him. He's still a great player. He's still very young. So uh, there are tons of moves that can be made by this team. It's if the guys, if the Mr. Steve Tisch, John Mara is going to allow this guy to make these moves. We've seen the Giants be in these positions where they've had great cap and great, you know, draft amount of, um, amount of draft picks and make terrible moves. And I think a lot of that comes into John Mara and Tish adding their two cents into the decisions. Cause I don't think Daniel Jones was an actual decision solely made by the GM. I think that was also input from the Maris knowing that connection to him being in the Manning camp and being, you know, connected to the, um, the head, um, the head coach down there, US, UNC and all that other stuff with the Panny pay Manning and whatnot. I think there was a lot of input there. I think if they can step aside and allow this new guy to do what he can do, I think that's when the real general manager will really have an advantage. But I don't really think it matters until they really step aside, honestly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Sean, you you talked about that a couple of weeks ago. For, for you got after John Mary, like it's. It's tough with so much. I mean, I, I, the Giants, every couple of years, I feel like there's always that one pick. You're like, what are you doing? Like, what's going on that makes you scratch your head? And Gettleman did get a lot of that blame, but also, yeah, Mara probably deserves a lot of that blame as well. Uh, so I, I agree with you, Zay, that the new GM needs to have these freedoms because uh, – it might be hard. You don't want to be the Cowboys, right? I mean, I maybe. I think the team, the people making, you know, decisions to give medium Pepsis out when you can obviously give out large Pepsis at your games. I don't think they should be making the personnel decisions on the team. I don't think they have a good understanding of good decisions. But I mean, hey, I mean, I don't. I'm not a team owner. Look, I'm just, just a guy commentating like you guys. We just talking crap. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think the owners realize that too because this is the first time where they're not uh, interviewing guys from within the organization since I think 1979. So it's been almost 
been over 40 years since they've, they've done this. They brought guys from outside organizations. Uh, a lot of good teams, too. The, the three guys I mentioned, uh, who are the candidates, are from the Bills, the Niners, and uh, the Chiefs, who have all been contenders over the past four or five years. Uh, they built up good organizations uh, with the teams we're with. So I think John Marin, Steve Titch finally realized that, you know, we can't stick to our old ways. Uh, football is evolving. We have to evolve with the times. And uh, I commend them for that because, they, you know, they're usually just – interviewing people they're familiar with or family, friends, people like that. But they're finally stepping outside the organization, which, you know, gives us hope that, you know, maybe the Giants are actually stepping in the right direction here. Uh, like Zay said, I think they're going to give more power to the GM because usually they have their two cents to throw in. But if they actually let a guy come in and rebuild it the way that he wants to because, um, you know, he's got the credibility to do that. I think it definitely helps us out. So I think the owner stepping aside, let the GM and the new head coach do it um, is definitely a good sign for the Giants moving forward. Yeah, uh, only time will tell. And I have a feeling that some wheels will start turning and we'll, we'll start to figure out we'll have some news within the next two weeks about who, what the future is going to hold for the Giants, who will be the new GM, who will be the new head coach. But, yeah, uh, I, I think by next week we'll have our, our GM at least. Maybe not the head coach, but I'd, I I assume that our new general manager will be uh, hired by the next time we do the show. Uh, yeah, probably. I agree with that. Yeah, but that's it's just a scary thought. Who it's going to be? It's really, yeah, yeah. But it's a fragile fan base right now. You know, <laughs> we we can't afford much disappointment after this. No, yeah, and also, I mean, there's like we just talked about. There's going to be a lot of movement as soon as he. Whoever this new GM is gets in the door, they're going to want everything done their way. And I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, Evan Ingram's gone. That that, that uh, Pro Bowl is ridiculous. I, I think Daniel Jones is gone, too. I think that's why he was at the – Not <laughs> right away. I, don't I think know that's right why he was away. at the Joe Judge going away party. Look, man, I'm telling you, if you're the next head coach and the next GM – you got to understand, my career is based on the results of this team. I'm not going to want to put it in the hands of the guy who was from the last regime, who I didn't pick. Daniel Jones isn't my guy. No, I want to run with their guy. I just feel like whatever they want to they do moving forward, they want to do it you know, with their guys. That way, if they lose, they lose on their own. Yeah. And I don't think but, Daniel Jones will be here. I'm sorry. I don't think he's that good. No, I, I, I don't necessarily disagree with that. But I think regardless, this next year is a is a rebuilding year. There's no QB you're going to want in the draft. I think the next GM is just going to want to see what his head coach can do with what's out there. Rebuild. Uh, use those two picks. Uh, I, I hope that's just O-line, O-line. Just, re, just build up the O-line. Get an edge guy maybe. But definitely at least one O-lineman definitely is in, is in need. That's what you need. And no QBs. I think just wait that year because, I mean, it, it, the Giants sucked this last year. With, with two first-round picks, is that really going to change them all that much next year? You're still going to have a high draft pick probably within top mm-hmm. 10. That's where you can get your QB if you're the new GM. That's one thing I don't want. Don't be. Could I wouldn't just, go that far. 
I think that's a little dramatic. I think you rate the right move. You need to rebuild. You need to start. It's not gonna happen. I, told, I keep telling you, this is New York. It's not going to happen. What's going to happen is going to be the quick fix, and you and that's what's just how you're going to love it. That's just no one is going to wait around for that. It's just not going to happen. They're going to find. We've been waiting around for five years. Get, I, I think you could wait for I one year. To, yeah. I understand. I'm just telling you. I just don't I, think a quick a quick fix trade for like a Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson. I don't. I don't necessarily think that's gonna. Maybe that that might put us where the Eagles are now, or or maybe up with the giant up with the. I mean the Cowboys. But I still think no. Listen, listen, listen. I'm not. I think the Giants, if maybe like a Russell Wilson or, or Watson or someone through a trade, Jimmy G, I, you, you mentioned earlier, Zay, something like that, you get that quarterback. I, I don't think the best the Giants will do is is the Cowboys with that, this quick fix stuff. Get, get to You'll take tennis. Two, You'll take tennis. Seven. You'll take no, tennis. But get right to the play and then just lose. Like, you can I, win, do great in the NFC. Joe will take it. Joe said it many times. have winning season. I know, but if you want the Giants to actually build something and get to a spot to where they can <laughs> compete for a Super Bowl, you need to actually build it out and flesh Here's it out you. and build a good foundation Here's and just a quick – I'm agreeing with you, but there's no reason why you can't bring these guys in. Still try to and if you bring a Russell Wilson in, realistically, if he was the, I don't know if it's gonna happen, but if it were to happen, he instantly makes that offense better, regardless of what the line situation is. Because then you can go out and get some linemen who don't have to be the best, but they just can be decent, and then you can have something because you have something offense, you have something defense. Then you can start building, finding your next quarterback to learn under Russell, and then. Start building that line, but you can continue to compete in your division, especially the NFC East, which is always yeah, going to be an that's open the division. Thing, Jose. That's the thing. Yeah, but then you're you're but damaging you're, all the draft capital that you have for a quick fix. I'm saying you're satisfying your fans and you're fixing the team. And if you if you do it right, you could do both. That's, I think oh, if you pull right. it off right, you could do but, both. But the thing with that, Jose, is while I, I kind of agree with you, I, I do think that. I, I just don't know. It, it, I don't like that. I, I the, this quick fix stuff just isn't going to work. It's going to put them, yeah, Again. yeah, competing for the the division, just not for a Super Bowl. You need to build something up. Yeah, it's going to be like it's going to be like 2016 all over again. Again, and then we're going to we be right back at the bottom. We have two first. I, one of those picks will be required, obviously, to get Russell. If you were to do that move. And then Probably you could get that second pick. You could get the best lineman available on the other side. And then you can go out and sign you maybe the second best center available or the second best guard available, the second type, whatever you could do. And you can start solidifying that line. But I'm saying we have seen what Russell Wilson has done on a terrible line, what a terrible defense. We've seen what he's done with these teams. The Giants have a good defense. Obviously, they need a pass rusher, but they have a good defense there. The defense's flaws is that they stay on the field too long. It isn't really that they're a bad defense. It's because the offense can't stay on the field at all. And okay, if that offense were to go, that defense would be one of the best defenses in the league. I, I, I'd argue that. If that yeah, offense I, were to I go, agree with you. I agree with, if, I agree I, with that. But. 
I think it could work. I'm just saying, if the if the next GM comes in and makes the right moves, he can accelerate this rebuild process and still satisfy the fans. I just think it could work both ways. If I, make I the think right the offense move. would be much better, but two problems I have is that we don't have the weapons that Seattle has right now. We don't have a DK Metcalf or a Tyler Lockett. I think that's one of the best receiving duos in the league. And second of all, if you want to go out and sign uh, a lineman, even if you draft one in the uh, in the draft, we don't have any money to do it, especially if we take on Russell Wilson's contract. That's a huge contract that you have to take on. Even if you cut a bunch of guys, we still have no money to spend in free agency. And then we're stuck still with a bad interior O-line, even if you draft another tackle next to Andrew Thomas. And then we still don't have weapons. So Russell Wilson would definitely improve. You you could restructure Bradbury. You could restructure Martinez. Not not every player is willing to restructure their contract. Again, Brad Martinez coming off a huge injury. Bradbury coming off a subpar year. They will probably be willing to restructure than just be cut. Especially not being the youngest of them all. And you know how this, this league is. The NFL is not for long. That's why these players restructure. They take vet minerals. You see this all the time. You could see them coming in and asking a Blake Martinez to restructure. Hey, you're coming off injury. You restructure. And you can go get a little free up some money. And again, you have Galladay. He has to eventually become the player we are paying him to be. If Russell Wilson can't turn him into that, then he needs to go. You're talking about bringing a premier quarterback now to pair up with this receiver. He should have no reason he shouldn't get the ball. There should be no reason why he shouldn't get touchdowns now. You're talking about a premier receiver and a premier quarterback in the league. We're not talking about Daniel Jones anymore. No. The the, the thing, I, I the only way that will work is – and it might maybe maybe the Giants' big problem was just play calling because that was the biggest problem, uh, at least the past couple weeks. So mm-hmm. if a, a new guy can come in, new head coach can come in, new play caller can come in, and get all, all the talent out of these guys, we'll, we'll with a, that's the only way it will work. If not, you're gonna have to build something, and uh, I, I would. Even though it's going to take longer, I would I would go with the more. Uh, I would just rebuild. That's what you got to do. But regardless, it's going to take time. Look at the Bengals. Look what the Bengals did. <clears throat> what um, after they lost Andy Dalton? Look how fast that turnaround was. It don't got to take forever. You just got to make the right moves. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. So I mean, Here yeah, you. they could be in the Super Bowl this year. They could. So, I'm, I'm just saying that. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll talk about that. You're right; it is possible, and we'll get into that. But first, let's take a quick break and hear from one of our sponsors. Do you have a 401k and some savings for future retirement, but you don't even know if it's enough to live off of? How much is enough? And how often do you think about it? The team at JPEX Financial Group can help set your mind at ease. We specialize in creating strategies, doing the planning and managing of your financial, educational, and investment needs. We 
help clients pursue their investment goals with sound financial strategies. You deserve a personal, tailored plan. Lasting, meaningful, and open relationships are the foundation of our practice. You've worked hard for your money and should feel confident with your investment choices as you make decisions for your financial future. Your goals are our goals. We are dedicated to your needs and hopes for your future. Visit our website or give us a call at 860-430-5397. All right. Playoff best bets. There are our records. Sean, 3-3. Three and three. Zay and myself going 2-4. and four. Just not good at this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Look, there's I mean, a lot of playoffs left. Th- there is, yes. A Excellent. lot. Thanks for the encouragement. You're the best. <laughs> Got you, Zay. Yeah, but uh, we'll see what happens. Let's start <laughs> things off with who we were just talking about, Cincinnati Bengals going to Tennessee to take on the Titans. Derrick Henry back. Sean, what you got? I have Bengals plus three and a half. Um, I think the Titans are going to win this game, but I, I think it definitely will be close. Um, Derrick Henry coming back is huge for the Titans, um, and I don't think there's anyone in the Bengals' defense that could stop A.J. Brown. Um, that's what I worry about, really, for their defense. I don't. Their corners have been playing well all year, but having Eli Apple or Mike Hillen go up against A.J. Brown I think will be a scary sight for them. And also, I think the Titans' pass rush will take advantage of the Bengals' battle line. I think Harold Landry, Bud Dupree, Jeffrey Simmons, I think they'll get after Joe Burrow, give him not as much time to get the ball to his weapons. But the Bengals' offense is inevitable that they'll be scoring points. I mean, their offense is super dynamic, but I think the Titans will do just enough uh, to win this game. But I think it will go right down to the wire. I could see the Titans winning by a field goal. So I have the Bengals just slightly covering that spread. But um, I, it could go either way, but I, I think the Titans will pull it off. Threading the needle there. But uh, yeah. what, what you got, Zay? We already know I'm going with this. Bengals shock the world. Give me the Bengals plus three. All right. All right. Both of you guys on the Bengals. I'm going to go with what won me best bets during the regular season. I'm going to go the over. I Uh, I I knew you would. (laughs) No, uh, both these these offenses really good, especially uh, Titans with Derrick Henry back. Going to get that run game going, make more plays for A.J. Brown. Uh, The Joe Burrow-Jamar Chase connection is going to be big. Uh, I think the pressure the Titans get on Joe Burrow will be big and what ultimately gives the Titans the edge in this game. But I'm going to go with the points. I think both these offenses are going to score and get get in the end zone a couple times uh, at least. And, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be like a 35-28 type game. I think it's going to be close. Pretty. I don't know. I think it will be a – I, I like the Titans with the spread, but but my best bet's going to be the over with the 47. But uh, the, that Saturday, the day game, let's get into the night game. 49ers, Green Bay Packers. Zay, what's your best bet here? <sighs> I want to tell you, these, there are two scary games this weekend. It's Destiny versus Gods. Destiny versus Football Gods, and this is the first one. A team of destiny in the 49ers. And on the other side, of the Packers have a football god in Aaron Rodgers, who I'm just not betting against. 
So I'm going to take the Packers in this one. I know it's minus six, and that's a lot with the way that San Fran defense has been playing. And the way they, I just don't think – I think Aaron Rodgers, like I said, man on a mission. So I'm going to take the Packers minus six. Okay. All right. I, I thought I was going to be the only one to take that, but uh, I'm two for two here. Zay. I'm with you. I got the Packers minus six. Um, I mean, the Packers, there's – the Niners have had Aaron Rodgers' number uh, in the playoffs over his career. I'm pretty sure he's 0-3 against them. Uh, the Niners' defense has been playing great, and they they could uh, you know slow down the game with their time of possession with one in the ball. But I, I think this Packers team is just better than years past. I think their defense is a lot better. I think Aaron Rodgers is on a an, on an fu tour this year. I think that he's heard the all the noise about the NFC Championship losing in the, those games. So I think the Niners will keep it somewhat close. I think they'll lose by around seven or ten. Um, I don't think they're going to get blown out by any means, but I just think the Packers at home, they're 8-0 this year in Lambeau, so I think it's a tough place to play. And, uh, yeah, I think Aaron Rodgers gets it done with uh, the way that offense has been clicking, and this defense is much improved in the past two years. So I uh, I agree with Zay. I like the Packers here. Yeah, I, I, I'm with all you guys. I'm with both of you guys. Uh, yeah, I, I think the Packers cover. I think they get it done. Aaron Rodgers continue. Aaron Rodgers' big spot is going to be next week in the NFC Championship game. We know how he's struggled with that. I think he takes care of business here. Jimmy G also being banged up, uh, I think is going to cause some issues. Also, the, the the way he almost gave up that game to to the Cowboys shows they're not an elite team. The Packers are. Aaron Rodgers is. And I think they get it done by by, by the touchdown, by over a touchdown. But uh, all right, now heading into Sunday slate, the other side of the NFC, the Los Angeles Rams going to Tampa Bay to take on the Buccaneers. Sean, what you got? I said last week my best, best bet was the, the Niners game, plus three, and that one hit. So I'm going to make it two weeks in a row here. Another plus three. Uh, I got the Rams here. I think the Rams will win outright. Um, I'm going to sprinkle some money line on that when I bet on Sunday. Um, I think that, you know, the Bucks are obviously great at home. They have Tom Brady, but with the weapons being hurt, um, that defense, I don't know if they're going to be able to contain Cooper Cup and Odell. And um, Cam Akers, the way that he's come back from a torn Achilles in six months is absolutely insane. He played great on Monday night. And uh, Matthew Stafford, I, I think he can keep it rolling here. Uh, it took him, obviously, a long time to get that first playoff win, and I think once he got that, he's going to be hungry for that second playoff win. So, And these teams played earlier in the season. The Rams won by a lot. Obviously, it was in L.A., but I think they keep it rolling here. I think it'll be a very close win, but I do have the Rams winning this one, so I'm going to take them plus three. I, I love that speechless, huh? I, I know. <laughs> Again, a game I mentioned uh, before, two two games staying away from. Team of Destiny versus a God. You, it, it, I'm just staying away from it. I'm taking the over. I'm taking the over. I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. I think both of these teams are not going to want to lose. As much as Sean is talking about, you know, the weapons being banged up, we continue to see week in week. Brady just cakes these no-name guys and just makes them look like pro bowlers. That is true. It's just absolutely amazing how he continues to do this. It's irritating at this point. And I'm not betting against him no more. 
And uh, the Rams, I think, are loaded. I think, like I said, if they get past this t- this game, it's hard for me not to see them in the Super Bowl. So I'm just going to stay away from this. and I'm just take the over. Like I said, it's going to come down to the wire here. Both these teams do not want to lose. Know how Brady is. We know Stafford's gotten for this. We know that whole Rams team's got at stake, obviously, with no draft picks coming up. So I'm gonna take the over. There's too much in this game. There's too much drama. Give me the over. I'm gonna stay away from this. I, I I I'm not mad at that over, but I think the Rams defense is what's gonna win them this game. Uh, I think Jalen Ramsey's gonna shut down. Uh, Mike Evans, and uh, it's just going to be tough. <laughs> Have you seen the way he's been playing lately? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll see. Uh, I think it's going to be a great game. But like I said last week, uh, I have I had the winner of the Arizona Cardinals-Rams game going to the Super Bowl. I thought the Cardinals were going to win, but no, the Rams did. Uh, I think that defense – and Matt Stafford's good, just good enough to overcome, to ma- do what he has to do offensively to get them to where need, they need to be. Tom Brady's great. He is the GOAT, but they're just too banged up. And he's going up against Sean – he's going up against the Rams with Sean McVay where he doesn't have Bill Belichick's defense to, to stop Sean McVay like they did in that Super Bowl. So I, I think this is going to be uh, – I, I, I do think the Rams are going to be able to put up points. I do think Tampa – I do think Tom Brady and the Bucks will be able to get in the end zone as well. So that's why I like the over there, Zay. But, yeah, I'm going to go the Rams. I think the Rams are going to the Super Bowl. So I'm going to go the Rams as dogs. But the other game last week I said where the winner will go to the Super Bowl is also an underdog as the Buffalo Bills go to the Chiefs. Uh, and, and, and I'm sticking with it. Give me the Bills. This is going to be great. Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes. But give me the Bills. Give me that defense. Uh, to uh, I, I think Micah, Micah Hyde is going to pick off uh, Patrick Mahomes. M- might even be twice. I, I think at least once. And I think Josh Allen's just gonna play, uh, gonna play mis- mistake free. Uh, the run game's gonna be questionable. I-, I don't see any team running the football necessarily all that well, but I do think Josh Allen will outplay Patrick Mahomes and lead the Bills to the AFC Championship. Zay, I'm taking the Bills on this one. Surprisingly, surprise, surprise. I'm taking the Bills. New York, New York. Now. Nah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I'm taking the Bills. Honestly, I agree with you with everything you say. I think uh, Pat Mahomes, all that um, holding the ball too long, trying to do the fancy stuff, is actually going to catch up to him this week. And that Bills defense has been looking ridiculous. They just – they looked unstoppable last week. It really got bad, especially after making a pick against the Bills. I kind of felt silly doing that now after watching that. So I'm going to take the Bills here. I said before, I don't think Kansas City is – what they were before, I think you know they caught a you know spark of lightning, but I think that's all going to end now. So give me the Bills here. All right, Sean. Yeah, uh, Zay mentioned stay away games this weekend. This is the stay away game for me. I I don't have a great reading it either way, so I'm taking the over. Um, fifty four and a half. It's a big number, but Bills Chiefs. What 
other game is more perfect to take an over than this one. Uh, even if the total was 70, I still might even smash the over. I just uh, I want to see points in this game, and I think there will be a lot of it, uh, especially with the two great quarterbacks in this game. So uh, I'm just going to be rooting for the points in this one because both teams um, both teams could easily make it to the Super Bowl. Both teams could easily win the Super Bowl, I think, this year. So it's going to be a great matchup. It's a, it's a shame that one of them has to lose in the divisional round, but it's going to happen. So, uh, yeah, I'm rooting for the points in this one, over 54 and a half. I love it. I love it, even though that's a big number. I mean, you know, they, they, both these teams could easily break break 30. It could easily turn into a shootout. I hope we see a 30, 31 to 30 great game to finish off a divisional weekend. Yeah, and then get into some real, real big games next week. Uh, NFC and AFC championships should be interesting. But uh, and hopefully we'll have a new GM to talk about for well, the Giants great, next right? week. Uh, maybe, but uh, otherwise, we still haven't heard from Joe since he since the Giants. Oh yeah, have fired everyone. So like, they, there's still somewhere a ticking time bomb out there. Just waiting to unleash his frustrations. Yeah, when he comes I'll back, we're this. gonna have to start the show with just a Joe segment. And just let him, just let him air it out. Let him, yeah. let him, let him uh, do his, let him do his Joe thing. His his twenty minute Joe thing he does. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, I, but for myself, Big Jace, Sean Scanlon, and King Zay, this has been John about the G Men. Uh, brought to you by Clovercrest Media. Make sure you check out www.clovercrestmedia.com. Dot com. Check out a bunch of other great sports podcasts, not even just sports podcasts, true crime, uh, political. Go check it out, uh, clovercrestmedia.com. Uh, but thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for listening. And we hope to see you next week for more John about the G-Men. The Giants are running New York like the times as Danny is dropping all sorts of dimes. Saquon's thighs are ruining defenses' lives and Leonard Williams making opposing QBs feel him. Receivers think it's scary to line up across James Bradbury and the Giants have a bright future led by coach, judge, jury, and executioner. Tune in to Drawing About the G-Men every Wednesday at 6, live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Which This ain't some clown show organization or something else. Hello, my name is Joe Aguirre. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. And here at CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts, including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Jawing About the G-Men. And great true crime shows like Stinky Beak, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Burr, The Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. Find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting Clovercrest Media.